Good morning. Welcome to Lighthouse. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, what I love about our church is that we're not just a single location at one place, one spot, we're meeting this building, but we meet everywhere, right? We're in communities. That's, that's the vision of our church and we're practicing it today. And so with that, I want to encourage you as, as you're sitting next to someone or you're with your family, you're with your friends, wherever you're at in the world and whatever date this is, because you could be watching in the future, I want to encourage you to be ready to uh, do life together during the message. This is the time that discipleship happens, right? Growth and stretching our faith. This is, this is where we press in and dig deep. And so I want to encourage you today, um, do life together. If you're not with anyone and you're just by yourself, I want to encourage you jump in the comments. Like we love seeing you there. If, if you're here this morning, I want to encourage you jump into the live comments on Facebook or YouTube or on our website and just say hi, good morning church or whatever you like to say. <laughs> so Patty, what's, what do we have coming up? We have a couple announcements. So next week uh, will be our communion nights. So it's always the first Wednesday of the month. So it'll be next week, January 6th at 7 p.m. So make sure you put in your calendars, put it on your phone, set an alarm. That way you don't miss it. And so just in preparation for that, also make sure you have um, elements to partake, something to drink and something to, to eat, uh, nibble on, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that we can do communion together. And it's just an awesome time to come together. We hang out a little bit. We talk. We encourage each other, pray for one another, and do communion together. And yeah. it's just that... Um, beautiful reminder that we are a community um, coming before the Lord and thanking him for his, the ultimate sacrifice for our lives. Um, so don't forget, January 6th, 7 p.m. communion night. Then two days later, ladies, we will have our next paint night, which will be on the 8th at 7 p.m. also. I'm going to have some paints ready, something to paint on. Um, and it'll just be a good time of painting together. And we always, you know, laugh and joke and everything. And again, encourage each other. It's just, again, that time to spend together in community with one another um, as women. And that's for all ages. So London always joins us too. Yeah. Um, and so ladies, girls, teens, whatever it is, wherever you're at, um, please join us on that night. That, that'll be Friday, January 8th. 7 p.m. Cannot wait for that. We also always get messaged for the ladies paint night. It always comes in and guaranteed it's at least one person asks this, like, oh, what do I paint with? What do I need? Is it pastels? Is it watercolor? And it really is whatever you have, bring it. Whatever you have, you can use it. And so. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and so if we're doing watercolors and you have acrylics, we can make it work. If you have markers, we can make it work. It's totally fine. Yeah. And it's actually really fun to see uh, the differences that everybody comes up with, um, with whatever they have on hand. So that's always fun too. I won't make it anything crazy ever. Like, I don't know, charcoals, charcoals are really fun, but we won't ever do that. <laughs> it's really messy too. So please join us ladies and don't let, um, also you do not have to be an artist. That is yep. a myth when it comes to creating art of any kind, anywhere. Don't ever let anyone tell you are not an artist because if God is our creator and we are created in his image, we are creative too. And, um, you know, people just have different styles. That's all it is. It's not that anybody's good or bad. It's just different styles. So please don't let that hinder you either. We'd love for you to join us and, and do all that together. Um, next, finally with that, we um, will shift into to communion. See, I'm already <laughs> so excited about that. I love uh, our communion. I do. I love our communion nights too. Um, tithe and offering. <laughs> uh, you can go to our giving page at lighthouse805.com and fill out the information there. Give that way. We also yeah. have the button on our Facebook page and you can give that way. It's totally easy, intuitive, and safe. Um, so all your information is kept safe on there. So we, we make sure that's a priority also. Um, so thank you in advance for giving, for trusting the Lord. You're not, uh, you're trusting the Lord that he is going to just do incredible, amazing things because of your obedience. Yeah. Um, it's not about the dollar amount. It's about your heart and its obedience to what God is doing and just your faith of knowing God's got me, you know, that he only asked for this much and I'm going to give obediently because he gives me infinitely more than I could Im ever imagine. Um, so, and if you don't believe me, try it out and you'll see what happens. <laughs> so with that, would you just join me in prayer as we yeah. dive into the word, um, to prepare your hearts and your minds and knowing that God has something for you today. Amen. So join me in prayer. 
Lord, we thank you for this beautiful morning. God, as we've come out of celebrating your birth, um, would that, would the joy tied with your birth never fade away, Lord? Would it be just something that we carry in our hearts daily, um, fully knowing that you are God, that you are alive, you are on the throne every single day, Father. If the sun comes up, it's because you're still on the throne, which we know will be forever. And so we thank you for that, Lord. Um, and as we dive into the word, would you speak through Pastor Matt? Would his, your Holy Spirit speak to him? And would he be so ready and obedient to speak what you are saying, God? Because ultimately, it's a blessing to each of us. And so thank you, Lord, for um, the word that you have today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is, this is the last sermon of 2020. Like this is the last message that we are preaching from our church in the year 2020. And I'm excited for it. We're in our sermon series entitled Change Your City. We've been talking about this a lot uh, over the last 10, 11 weeks now, but Change Your City is the idea of we are hyper-focusing on the city of Capernaum where Jesus went and ministered. And the idea is Capernaum, it, it literally means village of comfort. And this, this idea that as Jesus ministers and works in our life, we need to move past our own comfort in order to allow Jesus to move through us, not just in us. And we're looking at all the different stories and roads and verses and everything that is Capernaum every week. And so we're taking a different piece of it and applying it to our own lives and our own faith and, and where we're headed. So with that, the last message of 2020 is entitled, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I, this, is, this is just such a unique message in the middle of our, our sermon series entitled, I'm Not Ready. So uh, right now, if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 9. Uh, get going over there, Matthew chapter 9. And I want to ask, have you ever been waiting on someone to get somewhere? Like, like you, you fully know good and well, it's, you've known for like two weeks, you're, you're going somewhere. Maybe it's a, a date, maybe it's a dinner, maybe it's an event, maybe it's something. It's been on the books, it's been on the calendar. And all of a sudden it's the time to leave to go there. And it's like, okay, I'm ready, I'm good, I'm set. All right, let's go, I got the keys, I'm opening the door. And you're like, hey, are you ready? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not intentionally you've, looking at my wife. You've never had to wait on me, right? No, babe. No. <laughs> this is just a hypothetical. <laughs> and, so, and so it's like, you're like, are you ready? And you just hear, I'm not ready. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm just going to hypothetically say me and myself, I'm, I'm typically ready a little too early. And then I'll just start hovering around the person that's not ready. And it, and like, it's, I'm Which sorry. Which never helps. I can tell you that <laughs> to all those of you who are like him, it never helps to hover. It makes it worse. <laughs> but, I will admit, <laughs> I will take my time more if he's doing that. Oh, oh good <laughs> I'm insight. Just okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there, there's this moment of like, I'm not ready, right? Maybe you are the person that's always ready, but have you ever yourself woken up late or you missed your alarm clock? And then all of a sudden you have that, that sinking feeling like, oh, I'm not ready until I need to leave right now. I, I'm not ready. And I, I really want to focus on this concept of I'm not ready on the last message of the year 2020. Some of y'all are sitting there thinking, oh, I'm ready for this year to be over. <laughs> but I'm not talking about the year being over. I'm actually going to dive into the story of, of Matthew being called by Jesus. Right. And I, and I want to look at the story because there's two, two types of people in the story. There's the person, Matthew, who is ready. I'm ready to follow Jesus. And then there's the group of the Pharisees who they are not ready to follow Jesus. And I want to look at that today with the lens of, of which camp do you sit in? And if you are ready, you're saying, oh, I'm ready to follow Jesus. And, and maybe you're saying, hey, I've, I am following Jesus. This message does not apply to me. You might be in that camp, but I want to say the camp, this, this message is not just about making sure you're following Jesus, but if you are, take it up a notch and say, are you leading others to follow Jesus? And so it applies to all of us, no matter how beginning your faith is or how far along your faith is, this message is applicable to everybody. So with that, Matthew chapter 9 uh, I want to, to read this, and then I want to talk about Matthew and just who he is 
in a moment. Matthew chapter nine, verse nine says this, as Jesus, Matthew chapter nine, verse nine, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him, so Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many other tax collectors and and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? It's like, I get, I like, that stands out every time. Like such scum, right? Like if you're into Star Wars, it's like a nerf hurting. What's the, what's the, oh, I just missed the phrase. Nerf hurting. I can't think of it. Anyways, scruffy looking nerf herder. Thank you, Aaron. (laughs) Verse 12, as I need to get back on track. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. The scripture is, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So we're gonna, we're, we're just in this scripture today. This is our, our key focus. But I wanna talk about Matthew, something that was just on my heart, and not just because we have the same name, but one thing that I, I really thought about Matthew, and I was talking to Patty about it, is Matthew's really unique because Jesus was walking around calling you know, like Peter, these fishermen, all these other guys from the town, you know, people love them. And then he calls Matthew. People did not like him. So Matthew's job was the government had come in and had to pick someone from that town, from that area saying, you're the person who's going to sit at the, at the road and you're going to collect money and give them back to the government. And so they had to elect someone from that village. They couldn't appoint someone into Capernaum. They had to elect someone from Capernaum and, and that, uh, the Sea of Galilee region because Herod knew that if he elected someone from outside, the people would work together and they could figure out how to bypass and it wouldn't be so bad. But if he picked someone from inside, they knew exactly how not to be cheated. He knew exactly how much fish you're catching, how much you're doing this. So it's one of their own. And because of that, they, the people felt betrayed. Like we went, bro, we went to school together and you're here siphoning off my resources to live. And, and tax collectors not only had to give the money back to Herod, but they charged more than they needed to for their own income. That's the only way they could make money. And I did research and I, I found um, a historian article saying that the, the taxes in just this tiny region right here Herod was collecting nowadays was the equivalent of $5 million per year in taxes in this tiny area. That, that like blows my mind. Like that, that much money is being taken off. And then you think about Matthew and all the other tax collectors were charging more than, so they got to keep the, the top and give 5 million. 5 million was a requirement to Herod. So they could have been taxing up to eight, nine, $10 million of these people. They didn't like him. Okay, he had the label, the title, nobody liked him. Like even the Pharisees didn't like him, right? Like that's like, oh man. And, and then we were talking and thinking about this is Matthew, his skill set, which people hated him for, was his meticulous note-taking, right? This was his skill. And his, his other skill, ready? It was the fact that he was <laughs> siphoning off livelihood and resources for people to live. And and just, just think about that for a moment. The two skills that he was hated by were the two skills of why Jesus called him to be a disciple, because he was going to redeem who he was. Matthew, he's, he's taking, he's, he's meticulous at note-taking and, and how to get this and do this. And Jesus says, no, 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 what you're doing for the enemy you're now going to be writing for me. You're now going to be going to me. And, and this is what's blowing my mind is he redeemed his skill. And then the second one is he was siphoning off people's resources of livelihood. And then when he wrote the book of Matthew and it's in the Bible, 
He is now equipping people with resources of life. And so there is this redemption that happens, this pure, unadulterated redemption of Matthew's life and his skills. And this is what I love, because when we follow Jesus, there is redemption not only on our soul, but on who we are, our skills and what we use. And and this is what makes changing your city happen right? Because of Matthew's redemptive nature in this, of Jesus redeeming Matthew, all of this took place. I love this. In our, in our scripture, in the story, we saw that Matthew followed Jesus into his own home where he invited his city, right? Matthew followed Jesus where do you follow him? The next verse says, into his house, his own, Matthew's house, not Jesus' house, Matthew's house. And what did, Je- what did Matthew do? Invited his city. See, Matthew invited all the other tax collectors and all the other people he hung out with and the new community that he's now inducted in, which is Jesus and the disciples. And, and Matthew gets it. He's saying, this is my city and I, I'm hoping that as, as you're listening to this and you're watching this, you realize your city is all these different places and locations, not just a geographical name and a border on a map, but it's actually the communities that you belong in. And Matthew understood it. Day one, followed Jesus into his home and brought his city. Like he started strong in changing his city. I want to encourage you, no matter how far along you are in your journey with Jesus, to start your journey of following Jesus into your community where you invite others to meet the love of Jesus. So I want to, I want to break that, that phrase down of Matthew followed Jesus into his own home where he invited his city. And those, those are our three points. So number one, Matthew followed Jesus. Matthew followed Jesus. The, the thing back then is there was no, you couldn't partially follow Jesus. It was kind of an all or nothing thing. And, and I want to encourage you of being today that you would fully follow Jesus as well, right? Not just on Sunday, not just on getting your coffee and being excited with your family in the car and going to have church and, you know, meet and greet, whatever. But it's a daily, all day, all night, every day kind of thing. You'd follow Jesus every single morning. You'd follow Jesus in your thoughts, your emotions, your, your every single day, your every single being, all that you are, you're following Jesus. And Matthew got it. He's like, I, I'm following you in everything. And, and the fact that he followed him in everything was the reason why his skills were redeemed. Whatever we're able to hand over to Jesus, he can redeem. There's so many things that the idea of this message is I'm not ready. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the idea across of, is there anything in your life that you have said, I'm not ready, Jesus, for you to look at that yet? Because we need to say, I'm ready. And I want to encourage you as, as 2020 would be this year of just kind of like weirdness and just kind of like some people, this is the worst year of their life. Some people thought this is just an unusual year. Whatever it is, I, w- I wish you would picture 2020 as if it's like what we need to leave behind and saying, Lord, I, I, there's areas in my life that I need to leave behind for you to look at. And this is this, you take this, redeem it, whatever it is. I need to move into the next season you're calling me to move into. When what I love about that is we don't have to tell the Lord we are ready. I, I know there have been times in my life where I'm like, Lord, I am not ready. <laughs> I am not. But here we go. I'm going to trust. And Lord, these are the areas that I'm having a hard time giving up. But here you go. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And I promise you it is not boring. It, it, it will never be boring. <laughs> but it's always good. Yeah. Well, I love what um, Nakia has said. She's like, she's like, no matter what, take me- messy action. It's not about knowing every single step of step one, step two, step three, steps four, yeah. and knowing every single step for the rest of your life in order for you to take step one. Like that is an excuse. That's not a reality. It's just saying, Jesus, 
Jesus literally walked up to Matthew and says, come follow me. And Matthew's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, he didn't even say where. He just said, come follow me. There was not even a destination in mind. There was not lo a location. Who knows which direction he was headed. He just said, yes. You don't need to know step one, step two, step three in order to just take step one. It's just messy action. Just say yes and just say, I'm ready. I don't feel ready, but I'm just going to say I'm ready and just go after it, Jesus. And we'll work this out. All right. I, I love this because the, the parallel that I want to get across is, is Matthew compared to the Pharisees. Matthew followed Jesus into his own home and invited his city. But the Pharisees follow Jesus. They both follow Jesus. They're both there, right? The Pharisees follow Jesus into someone else's home and then judged someone else's city. That's the difference. Matthew followed him into his own life. Jesus went into his life where he invited his city and there's transformation. The Pharisees followed Jesus but looked at someone else's life and judged their communities. And I think that's a fine line that I think a lot of believers can fall into that trap of just saying, I'm going to follow Jesus, but I, I want him to look at other people's lives and I'm going to judge all them. No, it's, it's, it's here. We need to follow Jesus into our own life and in turn bring our community in. And so what I want to do today is doing life together so if you're, if you're meeting a person with some other people, other families, whoever, this is the moment where you're going to take some time and dialogue this out. Talk, talk about how we do life together. Talk about what you need to address through these questions. Maybe make some life decisions right now and you're held accountable with the people you talk to. If you're alone or you're, you're watching this online live right now, I want to encourage you to, to do life in the comments Okay, actually dialogue on uh, Facebook or, or YouTube. And then we want to address this. Uh, Patty's going to be sharing some stuff right now. And if you have a comment that goes, she'll share the comment too. So doing life together. What does the scripture mean to you? What does it mean to you? When Jesus walked up and said, come follow me. And the whole story where it goes down and, and they go to the house and they ride to the city, but there's Pharisees judging. What does the scripture mean to you? Are you fully following Jesus? And lastly, what areas of your life have you left behind that need to be redeemed? It's something that as we start thinking about following Jesus, there's areas of our past that we need to, to look at and say, Jesus, I don't want to just hide this away and this is just something that I'm ashamed of, embarrassed of, but Jesus, you can redeem it. Like with Matthew, I, putting myself in his shoes and, and just reflecting on, on that story, I would have been really embarrassed, you know, because the other disciples that he's going to be camping with and living with for the next three years, those are the people that he's overtaxed and taken money from. That's real embarrassing, you know? Like, that's the unsaid, like, uh, I know what you did. You know what I did. Let's just not talk about it. We're following Jesus. Like he could have lived on that embarrassment for the rest of his life, but he chose to allow Jesus to redeem it into his note-taking ability and providing resources of everlasting life into all of humanity throughout all of time by writing the book of Matthew. So with that, I'll, I'll, let's do life together in comments. What does the scripture mean to you? What are those areas? And let's just be open and honest because ultimately this is, this is our discipleship moment. This is how we grow together. So Patty. Well, yeah. And what I love about that is Matthew went back into his home, into his city yeah, with possibly other tax collectors. And I, I love that because it's almost like, you know, the, the, the people that you're around, it's like, there's a language you speak, you know, you share similar interests, you, you, do things together. And so there's like a language, you know what I mean? Obviously it's the same language, whether it's English, Spanish, whatever you're speaking. I, I don't mean that. I mean that, that interest language, you know, you just get each other. And so why wouldn't the Lord use you to speak your language to the people who are going to understand you? 
and to be able to to say well this is i mean this is where my life has been and now i met jesus and it's going to be a fun ride and i want to share that with you you know and so it doesn't have to be this whole intervention kind of a situation you know where everybody's sitting down all somber it's just you continue doing life and you bring jesus along with you and that's the beauty of it it's just it it doesn't get any simpler than that but yeah going into um the things that we have to leave behind it's it's always a challenge even for me anyway to to even search through my life of like okay lord what are the things i need to leave behind because in the forefront of my mind i know what it is and sometimes I just don't want to even let that go. Um, so please, there is no, we're not going to put you on blast or anything, but if there, there are things that you know, like, okay, these are the things I need to leave behind. Please share them with us. And it's an awesome way to keep each other accountable and encourage each other. Like I had to deal with that same thing. And this is how I was able to, you know, let it go and give it to Jesus. Or I did that kicking and screaming, but I let it go. And this is what Jesus did with it. This is how he redeemed it. So that's the whole point of yeah. sharing these things with each other, you know? So I, I, we have some here um, where Nikia says, I need to leave my own expectations of the perfect life or woman behind. Mm. Oh, goodness gracious woman, that will preach <laughs> that in and of itself. Yeah. Because it's true. We place our own expectations on ourselves first. We don't place the Lord's expectations. And so if we were to place the Lord's expectations on us, we would give ourselves so much more grace, I think. So I think we all need to, I know I need to tap into that as well and leave my own expectations of myself um, behind. And she continues saying, I need to just be my whole self and let God have control. And that's so good. It's so powerful. But she said, the scripture reminds me that all, th all things can be redeemed. And that is absolutely true. There isn't a, a single area in your life where we have to say, well, God can't, he, what is he going to do with this? He can't do anything with it. That's an absolute lie. And that's what the enemy would want you to believe to yeah. keep you stuck in that rut. So please don't ever believe that lie. God can transform anything. I mean, he created the heaven. The Lord created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can take your something and turn it into something incredible. Then Janelle says, I always want to clean up everything before anyone comes into my house. And that's probably true for my life also. Always conscious of what I'm presenting. Oh, that's mm. so good too. I'm so guilty of that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to have the appearance appearance look shiny and clean and new. And every, you know, I'm the kind of person who, full disclosure here, I will take all the mess and throw it into one room. <laughs> you know the room that no one's gonna go into so that everything else looks nice and tidy so if you've ever been to my house and Even it looks I tidy work from home. <laughs> <usually>, well <laughs> i won't get into any of that but <laughs> so if you've ever been to my house and everything looks tidy in the living room it's just no there's a bedroom in the back that's just looks like a tornado went through it um <laughs> see we got patrick patrick saying jesus helps us take those hard 180 turns mm. He's not concerned with the what ifs. Oh, I like that, Pat. Yeah. This verse reminds me how to faithfully follow Jesus's lead. And that's so good of just knowing he's got, you know, it's just that whole will Jesus take the wheel moment. Um, and it will be hard sometimes. And yes, we may fail sometimes. And the beauty of it is Jesus is right there holding our hand along the way. And he knew the Lord knows when we're going to mess up. And that's what his, his grace is just so readily available for us. If we continue to say, okay, Lord, help me. I, I will get back up again and, and help me. Then Aaron shared Matthew followed Jesus and was unapologetic in his faith. Yes. I can become more concerned with how I'm perceived than how Christ is perceived through me. And that's, again, it goes to that appearance of this is when I want to, this is what I want to show. I want to show that I'm this kind of person or this kind of Christian. And yet we're so much more concerned with all that external appearance yeah. than what the appearance that Jesus has in our life and how he is shining through. That's a good one. And he was unapologetic. How many times have I, I know I've, I've offered to pray for people. There's one person in particular, I offered to pray for this mom at the kid's school. Um, and I said, you know, I, I prefaced with like, this might sound weird and I'm sorry, but can I pray for you? Not my exact words, but basically. 
And I remember the Holy Spirit convicted me of like, why are you saying sorry? You're offering her Hmm. my life, my healing, my goodness. Why are you apologizing? And ever since that, it's just that be unapologetic because God is greater than however you think you're being perceived. And Jessica is sharing, I need to recognize how much God is involved in my life. I live too independently. You guys, these are so good. Thank you for sharing these vulnerable areas of our lives and just being real and honest. And I love that because we can be real and honest together. And so, yes, I think we all fall into that category, Jess, of we live too independently because we don't like people telling us what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and I feel like that's, no, and I feel like that's what the world, why they're so turned off by Jesus, because they feel like it's this like overlord trying to tell and control our lives when in reality, the Lord is like, I just want to give you everything. I want to give you all that you need to be happy and successful and not by the world standards of success, mind you, but to have that genuine joy and happiness in our lives. And oh, that can only come from him. So yes, when we get a little too independent, we can get into trouble. Um, So thank you guys for sharing all of these things. Yeah. Um, Just keep, you know, if, if you weren't able to type out as fast, um, and you want to still put something in, please do. And um, also go back and, and respond to other people's comments, mm-hmm. you know, encourage and build them up. Yes. Um, and the thing that we're noticing is when people share, other people see that and be encouraged of, of an area that maybe they're struggling in or something they're hurting in or somewhere that they needed to improve. And now they're like, oh, someone else did it. Like I can do it too, you know? And it's, it's just building up. It's, it's literally the discipleship factor. It's like, this is where we're disciples. As the disciples follow Jesus, it was their talking between themselves and dialoguing with Jesus. And, and this is what grew their faith. And so with that, let's jump back into the message. Um, number one, just again, was Matthew followed Jesus and, and the Pharisees followed Jesus. But number two is follow Jesus into his own home. Matthew followed Jesus in his own home, but, but the Pharisees followed Jesus into someone else's home. And I think it's an interesting spiritual parallel, the Pharisees, right? On the outside, they look good, but on the inside, it was all kinds of dirty, right? This is, this is literally the spiritual illustration of the two different groups here. People that are ready to follow Jesus just say, you know what? Here's my inside, Jesus. Just, just make yourself a home. Please help me clean up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's dirty. I know. I get it. Okay. And the Pharisees are like, look how good I am on the outside. But geez, I'm not ready for you to look at the inside. It's, it's messy. It's dirty. You know, and, and we could fall in either side. But number two, into his own home. It's just, it's just a simple point. It's just this is, is just saying, Jesus, I'm opening up my whole house for you to make yourself at home. I'm opening up all of my life for you to make yourself at home. That's it. Right? The, the scary part is when we say, I'm not ready. And it's saying, Jesus, I'm not ready for the living room or I'm not ready for the guest bedroom for you to look at that. Can we go to someone else's house? And that's the Pharisee issue. Right? When we say we're not ready in certain parts of our life, that's when we start shutting down Jesus in those areas where he's saying, this is the time for me to redeem and restore and move forward. And you're saying, oh, I'm not ready yet. It's like, we, come on. We need to move forward now. You got to be ready. Just take messy action. Let's go. And then number three. So Matthew and follow Jesus into his own home where he invited his city. And then the Pharisees followed Jesus into someone else's home where they judged other people. Last, last point today is it's, it, this is what it's all about. Changing your city all comes down to you imp- it, it, like impacting your city. It's saying, I, I am inviting my city and my Jesus, right? It's this merger that happens. 
the the story plainly illustrates it. He says he invited the other tax collectors and he invited Jesus and the disciples. And I don't I don't know where the Pharisees came from. <laughs> maybe maybe they were part of the disrespectful people or the 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 scum if you will and they don't realize that he invited them because he knew them. I don't know. It's just me thinking out loud. But what what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me when I was reading this, what it comes down to is saying, I am inviting my city and my Jesus together. And I think this is the disconnect we have, right? In this today's age, we think, okay, church, that's, that's for Jesus. And that's one community mm-hmm. work. That's another community. My, my family is another community and these friends are one community and these friends are another community. And, and none the two shall meet, <laughs> right? This is here, this is here, and that's it. But in reality, Jesus is like, what? I'm leading you, you're following, and I wanna be led into your each community. And it's up to us to say, are you willing to invite both parties together? Are you willing to be as bold as Matthew and say, I'm ready for this, my work community, and my Jesus, I'm the one that puts them together, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not showing up at your work bringing these two together. That's, that's, not, I, that's not my job. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is bring my Jesus with my individual communities together. Your responsibility is bring your individuals and your Jesus together. And that's where changing your city happens, mm-hmm. Right? What were the lives like of Matthew's friends after that moment? Can, can you imagine? Just, just, just dive into the scripture for a moment. Matthew's sitting here. He brought his friends who are outcasts and hated. And he brought Jesus with the disciples. Rabbis were the highest respected career. Right, all the, all the Jewish little boys aspired to be the one chosen one that could partner with the rabbi and follow him around. And it was like the highest echelon career you could have. And he put these two together. And then the Pharisees showed up and they're like, I can't believe you brought this scum. And then Matthew's sitting there like, oh, what did I do? Like he... I mean, I put myself in his shoes and I, I'm like heartbroken just thinking about that. What if my coworker showed up and someone else showed up and said, look at this scum over here. Or, you know, like this isn't a true, this is like worst case scenario mentally for me. It's bringing my loved ones, my communities together and Jesus and then having someone else tear them apart. And then the most audacious thing happens. Jesus speaks. He said, though this is who I'm here for. And he addresses the entire crowd and he points out at the communities that Matthew brought and said, these are the people that I love. These are the people that I'm here for. And then the Pharisees realize, what am I doing? You know, they're just shut down. This is probably why they hated Jesus so much, <laughs> right? They wanted to be the ones that Jesus was talking about. And, and this is the moment where, where change happens. See, when those communities felt the love of Jesus and how much Jesus cared for them, that's when lives change. That's when things happen. That's when, that's when everything starts clicking together. And I want to encourage you, as scary it is, as it is being in Matthew's shoes, inviting your individual communities to know Jesus, because you're like, what will people say? Well, will this happen? Well, well, you know, hey, Matthew was in the shoes first. And it got, it got bad really quick, but ultimately got amazing. Yeah, it can be scary. Yeah, it could, it could be overwhelming. But Jesus is leading you. Right, you're, you're not in charge of it. It's your option to bring them together, but ultimately Jesus is leading. Well, and the fun part about that is because Matthew said, I'm, I'll do it. Yes, I'll follow you. Come, you know, and he, the, we, 
he did everything we just talked about. Not only, I, I, I'm almost positive that the other tax collectors and the people in his city's life, their lives were changed. But now we have an entire book of the gospel. <laughs> you that know? starts the New Testament. That starts the New Testament. How many lives has this single book alone affected over generations and generations and generations? All because a sinful tax collector said, I guess we're going to my house. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so when you look at that of like, how is your yes to Jesus going to impact mm not just people in your city immediately, it'll impact their lives. But beyond that, when the you figure the, the reach beyond that, yes, like you have no idea what the Lord can do. And oh, that's just so like overwhelming even to think about how far down that can, that reach can go. Yeah. Um, Frederick uh, uh, Buckner has this quote. He says, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. He literally describes calling as that purpose. And he says the, the, the definition to him of, of calling and purpose is where your deepest gladness and the world's greatest hunger come together. And it just, it just blew my mind when I read that. And uh, lastly, I just want to share the, the verse that Jesus quoted in Matthew, it's Hosea chapter six, verse six. It's, it's really been a, um, it's, it's a theme verse of lighthouse, right? This is where love God, love people came from. This is the verse that Jesus quotes constantly. And uh, I just want to read it to make sure, sure you know and hear it again. Hosea six, six says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. And, and Jesus, he defines the two greatest commandments as love God, love people, right? I, I'm summing it down and, and boiling it down for you. Love God, love people. God in Hosea 6, 6 describes loving him as knowing him, having a relationship. And he describes loving people as showing love. It's this action steps. And, and I, I want to encourage you today, what, what are your next steps? This is it. This is the last sermon for 2020 from Lighthouse 805 Church coming out of Ventura, right? What, what, is, what is it that you're taking away? What is your next step? What are you doing that's going to leave this year behind and start you onto the next year? following Jesus. Your next step uh, that I'm, I'm challenging you is to fully follow Jesus, right? Not partially follow Jesus, fully follow Jesus. If there, and this can, it's going to be different for every person. Maybe there's a room that's closed off in your heart saying, oh, I need to show this to Jesus so I can fully follow him. Maybe it's following Jesus into your home while you invite people from your city. Maybe it's just and that's metaphorical. Maybe it's going into your workplace and inviting Jesus there and, and having them meet. This next year needs you. It just does. Yeah. 2021 needs you. The people around you need you. It, it just, it needs you. The people in your city need you. So follow Jesus into your home where you invite your city. Follow Jesus into your work where you share the love of Jesus. Follow Jesus wherever you go. The coffee shop you go to every day, follow Jesus there. It's not about leading Jesus, it's following Jesus there and having the people you know come together with Jesus. Uh, Patty, can you pray for us today and as we go into a time of worship? Absolutely. Oh, Father Almighty, we thank you because you had a plan from the beginning of creation. God, and we are just so honored to even be a part of it in, in any way that you would want us to be, Lord. And so we thank you that, you that you choose us to be your hands and feet. Yes. And so, Lord, I pray that as the Holy Spirit is stirring all these things in our hearts and in our minds, God, would, would there be an excitement over it? Would it not be a daunting feeling uh, or, or fear fear laced in 
the decisions that we're going to be making, Father, as 2020 comes to a close and we get ready to start 2021, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit would begin to reveal to us the areas that we are very fully capable of making that change and that impact of the people, individuals in our cities that we need to combine and have them come together solely for the purpose of knowing you. And so we thank you, Father, that you're going to make a way for all of that. I know you will. And so we thank you in advance for all the goodness that's going to come through, all the conversations, Lord, all the ways that the Holy Spirit is going to be acting in and through us to be able to, to, to grow your kingdom, to have more people fall in love with you, Lord. And would we never tire of that excitement that comes along with that. And so we thank you, Father, for your faithfulness and your goodness. And Lord, as we come before you during this time of worship, no matter where we're at, whether we're watching on a cell phone or we're watching on our TV screens, our computer screens, Lord, you can, you can move beyond uh, in any screen, Lord, and, and penetrate deep into our hearts. And so would we have these moments um, with you? Would they be so intimate and so special and so sweet? God, whether we're on our knees or sitting or standing, whatever it may be, Father, no, please know, Lord, that our hearts are before your throne, coming in surrender and worshiping you, the God Almighty who loves us beyond all measure. And so we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you join us in a time of worship now, wherever you're at? Nothing else. 
calling us to something new. Maybe something you've been calling us to all along, but God, we just pray this morning that you would reignite the fire of our first love.
Fresh starts. And this morning, God, we just thank you that you're always there. You're always there waiting for us to get on board. You don't change. And so, Lord, I just I just ask that you would, in this very moment, God, stir our hearts for what it is that we're supposed to be leaving behind. That you would whisper in each and every ear what their next step is. Because you are always calling. So may we go forward this morning and just step into a new year, step into a new hope, a new life, with a new cry that I follow you, God, completely and fully and utterly. Amen.